Gospels today to Psalm 23. Many of you will know this off by heart. Um, it's the Psalm of David, who was a, a shepherd, also a king. And we'll um, read these five much-loved verses together. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honour to his name. Even though I walk through the valley of death, the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. God, we come to you this morning, your sheep, and you're our shepherd. We come and we say, Lord, would you lead us and guide us today as we continue to worship you now, as we open your word, we just long for you, good shepherd, to lead us to live the lives that you're calling us to live, to be able to face death even knowing you're with us. God, through tough times, through hard times, thank you that you're our shepherd. We love you and we trust in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue to worship. Well, this morning we come to this much-loved psalm, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. These words, these five verses are perhaps, well, I think almost certainly the most loved, uh, the most well-known verses in all of Scripture. Um, Just five simple verses. Six. Six verses. Isn't it good to have a wife who knows what's going on? Five words, though. The Lord is my shepherd. Just these five words, which summarise what these six verses are about, are so loved by so many people that you'll find them hanging on, the six verses, hanging on walls in hospital, hospitals, in corridors of hospitals. You'll find the words on the lips of soldiers as they 
go out to war. Uh, they're words that are held dearly by people receiving reports from doctors. Uh, people facing uh, divorces. People that are uh, struggling about their future and, and, and where they might go. These words, the Lord is my shepherd. And the words of the 23rd Psalm have become precious. Many people have uh, memorised them from an early age. And there was one um, school teacher who said to her class, um, I I'm sure maybe some of you might be able to recite the 23rd Psalm to us. And one little girl in this teacher's class put her hands up. And she said, I can, I can say it. And so she stood up in front of the class and she said, the Lord is my shepherd and that's all I know. And she sat there. <laughs> And the teacher said, you know, in many ways she forgot some of those other five verses, but she got the summary and the heart of what this whole psalm is all about. The Lord is my shepherd and that's all I want. That's all we need to know. In a world where there's so many things that can go wrong, in a world where there's so much uh, stress sometimes, uh, so much um, kind of Frazzlement. You know, we feel sometimes frazzled and harassed and sometimes we find that life can be just so fragile. It's no wonder these words have become precious to us because they've got so many of God's answers to them, to all uh, of our biggest stresses, all our biggest concerns in life. Because the psalm ha has so many answers to, to our greatest needs. Why don't we work through this this morning together and we're going to see how God answers uh, our, our biggest needs through this psalm. It begins off uh, showing that God answers, has answers to my worry. All my worries in life, he answers them. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. We tend to worry a lot, don't we? People worry about so many things. Uh, some people worry that they haven't got enough things to worry about even. <laughs> when things are going well, sometimes we worry like that. Uh, sometimes our worries revolve around whether we'll be able to pay the bills that are coming in, whether we'll be able to um, have the skills for a particular job that's in front of us. Sometimes we wonder whether we'll be able to get everything done by a, a certain deadline and we worry about it, we think about it. Often worry becomes its, its most obvious when we get our eyes off our shepherd and onto other people. You know, we see what other people have and we start to worry that perhaps we haven't got as much as we should have or look at them and if only we had that, that would be better and we start to worry about the things that we don't have. Sometimes we start to compare our possessions, our gifts, our talents, and we start to worry. You know, I don't have enough. Other times our worries are about things that haven't occurred yet. What might happen tomorrow? Or what might happen in the future? Imagine if this was to go wrong or if that was to go wrong. What if, what if, what if? Do you know whatever causes your worry, God's answer to your worry is clear. When you make the Lord your shepherd, 
when you actually are able to say like David said, the Lord is my shepherd, you'll be able to stop your worrying because you'll realise that if he's your shepherd, you have everything that you need. If the Lord's your shepherd, you have everything that you need. You know, if you look at the role of what a shepherd's role is, it's to actually look after the sheep, to take care of their needs, to, to, to care for this whole flock of sheep that the shepherd's looking after. When the sheep have a shepherd, they don't have to be concerned with where they're going to find the food or where the water is or where we're heading today. You know, that's all the shepherd's business. And the sheep don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. They just live their lives without worrying about all those important things because the shepherd's got that under control. It's the shepherd's responsibility. Even worries like, will we be attacked by wild animals? Or will I get a disease in my wool? Or, or, or will things get caught in my, in my wool? They're not worries that the sheep has to be worried about. The shepherd's responsibility is to look after the sheep. And that relieves our worry when you make the Lord your shepherd. It strikes me today that if you are your shepherd, or if the Lord's not your shepherd, there's a lot of things you should be worried about this morning. I mean, you better start worrying if the shepherd of your life is not the Lord. Because... Uh, you might not know that you're going to have all that you need, so you better start working harder and longer if the Lord's not your shepherd. You better not uh, sleep too much because you don't know what might be around the corner. Dangers. But if you ask the Lord to be the sh your shepherd, worry can reduce. Why? Because the Lord is not your ordinary shepherd. The word that David uses uh, to refer to God is the Lord. And this translation is um, the translation of the word Jehovah. And it's the most respected, the most loftiest kind of title that a Jew could utter, Jehovah. And the Hebrew, um, uh, the Hebrew people stood in awe before uh, the, even the, the word it was so holy that they even substituted the word for lesser um, words when it came to using God's name in reading the scriptures. Whenever it occurred in public readings, they would replace it because to utter the word Jehovah was just too holy. Jehovah means the I am, the self-existent one. It means the one who was, 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 right back before there was even a beginning. The one who is right now. And the one who always will be forever. The Lord, Jehovah. F.B. Meyer writes about the title Jehovah and this is what he says. All other life. From the aphid on the rose leaf to the archangel before the throne is dependent or derived. All others waste and change and grow old. He's the only unchangeable. Always the same. 
All others are fires, which he supplies with fuel. He alone is self-sustained. This mighty being is our shepherd. The one who always was, always is and always will be. The one that is uh, the uncreated one, the creator of everything, the sustainer of everything, is the Lord. So it's no wonder when he's our shepherd and he's in control, our worries reduce. From our perspective today, the Lord Jesus Christ is the shepherd, the good shepherd. He's the one that's come who, who says in John 10, 11, and listen for the words, he says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. You know what the good shepherd does? He lays down his life for the sheep. That's John 10, 11. And Jesus has already showed how much he loves you and cares for you by dying on the cross for you, by doing all that's needed so that you can make him your shepherd. You can say, Lord, be my shepherd. I want to trust in you. I ask you to take away my sin. I ask you to come into my life. I'm sorry. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my shepherd. He's laid down his life for you. you know, there were, a, a shepherd has written, uh, Philip Keller, about um, what it was like being a shepherd. He was a shepherd um, as well as a pastor. And he said when he was a shepherd, he would look after his sheep and love them because it cost him so much to buy those sheep. You know, he, he would save his money for years and years and then he bought 30 sheep and they were precious to him. Why? because they cost him so much. He'd paid the price for them. And those who have trusted in Jesus Christ as their shepherd and their Lord, God's paid the price for you. He's died on the cross for you. And he has shown you how much he loves you and cares for you by paying that cost on the cross. So now if you know, is God going to provide for all my needs? Is he going to care for me? You bet. Because he's died already for you and rose again and he wants to care for you right through your life. You know, Philip Keller said he would often, as he was looking at the sheep, would go past uh, places where there were shepherds that were hired shepherds. You know, people that didn't buy the sheep themselves and hadn't paid for them themselves but were kind of on for a couple of days and then off to another place, another place where they'd look after other sheep. And he said the sheep in those, uh, with that shepherd often looked so sad. Yeah, he remembered one time looking out and seeing a field where the, there was uh, fences around it and there was just not, no food there at all and the shepherd who was a hired shepherd was just not looking after them at all and he just remembered the sheep looking out over to his fields and his sheep longing that they had a good shepherd longing that they had a shepherd who really cared for them it amazes me that some people live their lives and make so many things apart from God their shepherd you know their wealth the shepherd, their importance, their shepherd, you know, their fame, if people might know them or, or their family becomes their shepherd. Some people even make their pastor their shepherd. You've got to make the Lord your shepherd. Let him be the one to guide you and lead you. Then the worries will reduce. 
God's answer to worry. The Lord is my shepherd. It's interesting to note that Paul in Philippians just, he wrote in Philippians 4, he said, at the moment I have all I need, more than I need. I'm generously, generously supplied. And he said, and this is the same God who takes care of me. This God, he's going to supply all your needs. He's going to look after all your needs according to his glorious riches. If you have the Lord as shepherd, he'll look after your needs in everything. Now that's hard to read, isn't it? Let me tell you what it says. It says, God's answer to busyness. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. When Mandy and I first came to Wodonga to live, we thought the country life would be relaxing. <laughs> we thought we'd automatically talk slower. You know, we kind of practiced it before we came. And we thought we'd walk slower and it'd be like that. But, you know, I've found that here in Aubrey and Wodonga and in the regions around, there are a lot of busy people. You know, uh, there are a lot of busy people. And you can get as busy here as you can anywhere else in Australia. Isn't that true? Yeah. So what I, I, I want you to notice here is that this verse doesn't say, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me run around silly until I get so exhausted that I can't do anything else. He, he doesn't say that. He wants us to, uh, to, to, to rest. He leads us to rest in green meadows. This is how Marcia Hornock rewrote Psalm 23. And sometimes it seems more of a reality than what the actual psalm says. She wrote, uh, Psalm 23, an antithesis. The clock is my dictator. I shall not rest. It makes me lie down only when exhausted. It leads me to deep depression. It hounds my soul. It leads me in circles of frenzy for activity's sake. Even though I run frantically from task to task, I will never get it done, for my ideal is with me. Deadlines and my need for approval, they drive me. They demand performance from me beyond the limits of my schedule. They anoint my head with migraines. My in-basket overflows. Surely fatigue and time pressure shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the bonds of frustration forever. Sometimes it feels so true, doesn't it? Even for Christians. Um, yet the real psalm says, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. You know, the Lord Jesus doesn't want us to be busy. He didn't save us so that we could just get exhausted and worn out. He wants us to enjoy life now, trusting in him, having him as the Lord, the one who is in control of our lives. And he, he, wants, us to, he wants to take responsibilities for our worries and allow us to have time to rest, to slow down, to be refreshed. One of the greatest dangers, I think, of followers of Christ is to get so busy that we wear out, that we crash out, and that what can so often happen is many people can walk away from the Good Shepherd. 
thinking that he's an angry taskmaster. Satan loves to make us feel like we're not doing enough, doesn't he? He uh, loves us to believe the subtle lie that he feeds us, that we're not busy enough. There's always more to be done and we should never rest. You know, work is good. Actually, work is good. God wants us to work. But rest is just as important. It's true. And on the seventh day, God rested. He commanded us to spend one day in seven resting ourselves. Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty eight said, Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Coming to Jesus shouldn't be busying up your life. It should be coming to a point where you trust in him and you can find rest as well as joyful work. So some of you need to slow down, don't you? I think you do. Uh, some of you need to rest in green meadows this morning. Some of you need to be led by the Lord beside peaceful streams. Some, for some, the best thing you can do this afternoon is to just have an afternoon sleep. Do you know, sleep is so important to feeling rested. And some of us just try and live on less and less sleep and we wonder why we get so frustrated when all you need to do is have a good sleep and do it for the Lord. You know, make it part of your worship to sleep. You know. It seems foreign to us, doesn't it? But we try and run and run and run and we get frustrated when God says, child, you can sleep. I've got things under control. It's all right. It's not all depending on you. Sometimes we get so busy because we think that if I was to pull out of this ministry that I'm in, as well as doing all these other ministries, that God wouldn't be able to do what he needs to do in this ministry. It's wrong. God can handle it. It's not all dependent on you. I think it's important. There are some of you that uh, uh, are in three or four ministries, even two if you're leading uh, and, and got responsibilities. It's just too much. And sometimes you need to be able to say, well, God, I want to be serving you with my whole heart and my whole mind and strength, but maybe I'm trying to do more than you're calling me to do. And maybe I'm not being able to find rest in trying to do about four things and juggle them all at once. Some of you need to hear this morning, it's okay. God's in control. You can have rest as well as work. Some of you are not in any ministry, so don't you listen now, all right? <laughs> but God wants you to be ministering, but not being exhausted. He wants you to rest as well. So go home and have a good sleep, okay? But not now, not now, okay? Uh, the other thing, God's answer to busyness. He, he leads us to rest. God's, the next thing that this psalm says is he says, he restores my soul. God's answer to damaged emotions is that he restores our soul. And isn't that good news? Because uh, we all have souls that need to be repaired every now and again, don't we? I mean, we get hurt. Life's tough. We get beaten up by discouragement. We get, uh, you know, find ourselves weighed down with depression and despair. And we have uh, fatigue, failure, frustrations, fears. 
We all have hidden hurts from the past. We, we, we carry wounds. We carry battle scars from, from times before. We, we, we just carry around so much uh, emotional uh, garbage with us. And God wants to take that. He wants to take that emotional garbage. And he wants to restore your soul. That's good news, isn't it? How can he do that? How does he, how does he do that? Well, I think there's, there's kind of three things that we can do to help him do that. And, and, and the first thing is that we've got to let, I've got to let God remove my guilt. You know, there are things in our past and in our lives now that we feel guilty about and we feel ashamed about. And we need to spend some time before God going back and honestly talking to God about those things. Some of those things aren't ours to own. Some of those things people have done to us and hurt us in such a way and we need to come before God and just let him know all that we're feeling, all that we're feeling, the guilt, the shame, and just let him have it all. Tell it to him. Let him know that. And for sins that you've committed, research, look at the Bible, look up all the verses about that particular sin and see what God says about it. Let him uh, turn your guilt into repentance. Uh, allow him to change your heart from being one of denial to one of confession. Let him take your guilt, your shame, and give you his forgiveness. So God wants to take your guilt and let him do that as a first step in answering in, in him providing an answer to our damaged emotions. The second is, is to let God relieve my grief. You know, when we realise that our lives have been sinful, when our actions have hurt people, when, when things have gone wrong and we've caused untold damage to other people, or when other people have damaged us and hurt us so much, and when we come to the reality and the truth of that because we're honest to God about it, it's painful and we grieve. There are things that we've, we've done that we just wish we could have taken back. There are things that people have done to us that just make us cry every time we think about it. And God wants to take that grief and he wants to help you in that and cry with you. He wants to help you through that time. And spending time with him and, and being honest with him and when you get to that point of honesty, allowing God to give God your grief, he replaced that with a sense of forgiveness and joy. And you'll find that he starts to restore your soul as you pour out your heart to him. The third way that he can, wants to restore your soul is that he wants to replace your grudges. He wants to take those anger, the feeling of, um, I could never, ever forgive that person. I could, uh, although I've hurt people, I, I don't want to admit that. He wants to take that and he wants to take your grudges and turn you into someone who lives in the unbelievable position of being forgiven by God and being a forgiver of others. As you've sat before God and, and examined yourself before him and said, Lord, search me, know my heart. And as you've confessed your sins and as you've sat before him and grieved over that, 
as you've turned from them and are now living in the truth of repentance and forgiveness because of what Jesus has done on the cross. You become someone who's been forgiven. And when people hurt you, you become a forgiver. He restores my soul. The Lord, your shepherd, allow him to restore your soul. Allow him to give you his answer to damaged emotions so that you can become renewed and whole. Allow God to work in you. He also answers, gives me answers to uncertainty. Uh, the psalm goes on to say, he guides me along right paths, bringing honour to his name. Uh, life's full of decisions, isn't it? Have you ever noticed that? Every day, there are so many different decisions that we must make. And you know what? The truth is success in life really comes down uh, to being closely related to the decisions that we make. If you make terrible decisions in your life, your life will end up a mess. If you make good decisions in your life, day after day, your life will end up uh, success, a success in, in God's eyes. If you keep making decisions that honour him, uh, he will lead you. And because we're human beings, do you know what the truth is? On our own, we're prone to make mistakes. Anyone uh, get it right all the time here? We kind of make a lot of mistakes, don't we? Um, and, and the decisions that we need to make can become really stressful when we know that we can make mistakes. So if you're thinking about who you're going to marry today, you know, that's one you don't want to make a big mistake on, do you? If you're thinking about uh, what, you, what you're going to do, whether you're going to try and find a new job, well, that's a big decision. Should I move? Where should I go? And in that kind of thing, knowing that we can make bad mistakes, there can be stress that comes up in us, doesn't it? This uncertainty. Uncertainty of what decisions should I make? How can I make the right decisions? How can I know the right uh, choices to make? Well, the promise in the midst of uncertainty for us is that because the Lord is my shepherd, he will guide me along right paths. This verse literally means he guides me in the right tracks for his name's sake. You know, the Palestinian shepherd was a master at reading the tracks. He would uh, go along and lead the, sh the sheep would be with him and he would be able to look on the ground and there would be many marks that would be across the path that would show signs of what was up ahead or what, what was happening. Uh, some marks on the ground would show that they were put there by wild beasts. Others would show the footprints of perhaps robbers that might be uh, laying ahead and, and, in wait. Um, the, the, the shepherd was an expert at reading them. You know, he could even read the way in which the wind had blown across the tracks and get good information about that. To the untrained dull eye, you know, like of a sheep, they don't have great eyesight. All the tracks just look the same. They just look the same. But many of them just led nowhere. And the sheep was so wise, if it just stuck close to the shepherd, followed the shepherd, and always, if they did that, they'd be led along the right track. And in fact, the shepherd's reputation was on stake here. 
if he kept leading the sheep down the wrong track, he was a terrible shepherd. And it says, bringing honour to his name in this verse. He guides me. So a shepherd that will be honoured is one that guides the sheep along the right paths. So when your life is being led by the good shepherd, then he'll lead you in ways that bring honour to his name. The implications for us are, 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 are so clear. Is the good shepherd leading your life? Is the good shepherd the one that you take the decisions that you're uncertain about before? Are you reading God's word where he speaks to us? And are you seeking and saying, God, would you lead me? Would you guide me? You know, the scriptures are clear that the more that we look into God's word, the more that he gives us wisdom and leads us to make good decisions in life. You know, Psalm uh, 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Trust in the good shepherd to lead you. If you've got decisions, ask him to guide you. If you've got things that you're concerned about, ask for him to lead you and he will guide you. It takes away uncertainty about the things you're facing. Some of you are facing big decisions this morning. Some of you are facing decisions that may really change the direction of your life. Spend time in prayer. Read God's word. Ask him to guide you. Allow the Lord, Jehovah, allow Jesus, the good shepherd, to take away the uncertainty and to lead you in paths of righteousness. David uh, goes on and at this point the, the tone of the psalm changes. I mean, all of a sudden we're plunged from green meadows and still waters to the valley of the shadow of death. And it, it, the mood changes, but not the shepherd. The shepherd is right there in the midst of it. And God's provides answers to us through this psalm, through dark valleys and death. Even though I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid. Why? Because you are close beside me. It's the answer for us. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. Early in the year, uh, the flock would graze of, of the sheep leisurely and they'd be in the lowlands and... Uh, as summer's rain started to melt the high mountain snow, the shepherds would move their sheep from the lowlands up to the highlands. And that would be a bit of a trip. Uh, they'd have to go through some pretty dangerous parts in order to take their sheep up, up to the hills. They'd have to go through some valleys. And uh, there were dangers. There were times when they didn't know, the sheep didn't know exactly where they were going or what lay ahead. And there is um, one valley um, that, that David would have been familiar with called the valley of the shadow of death and it was deep and the sun that would, would try and shine in but it wouldn't be able to get its rays right down to the dark spots and as a shepherd would go there would be dark shadowy spots right through this valley where there could be any kind of wolves or, or wild animals that could be a threat and a danger 
to the sheep. And so while they walked through there, the best thing for a wise sheep to do was to stay right close to the shepherd. Because at any moment, the, the rod and the staff could come out and whack a wild animal, uh, could, could protect the flock and could care for them. So a sheep that was uh, wise stays, stayed right close to the shepherd. Secure right next to this good shepherd. Naturally still frightened because the sheep is near. But following this shepherd who led the way. Some of you are right uh, now facing difficult times. The, the dark valleys, the, the hard situations in life uh, are pressing in on you. Maybe there's been just a number of things that have gone wrong all at once. Perhaps there's a, a sickness that just threatens you and continues to be one that, that brings grief. Right in the midst of this, this promise is precious to us. That in the midst of these dark valleys, these dark times, you are close beside me. God never leaves you. He's right with you through them. And he wants to help you and lead you through them. You'll notice at this point the psalmist has changed his, the tense. He said, the Lord, is, the Lord is my shepherd. But now he says, even though I walk through the valley of death, you are with me. As he's got through these dark valleys, he's now not talking about God, but talking directly to God. And in those darkest times, this is when you need him the most. Cry out to him as you go through those dark valleys. Ask him to share those times with you. You know, one of the things that we today kind of fear the most in life seems to be death. For God, it's not such a big fear because he knows what lies behind the grave. He knows what lies in eternity. He's already there. He's the I am who was and is and will be. And he's preparing a place for those that trust in him, have the Lord as their shepherd. We feel an uncertainty because we don't know what it's like. But God knows what it's like. And he's been there. So why not face even death with the Lord as your shepherd who knows what lies beyond the grave? So whatever you might face in the future, whatever you might face, even death, face it knowing that the one who's been there, who is beyond the grave, is with you right through that. And that's comforting. You know, the psalmist uh, in Psalm 139 said, you know, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I go to the far side of the sea, if I go right down to the depths of the earth, you are there. You're with me. And definitely in the dark valleys, God's with you. Don't lose sight of him. Like the psalmist said, uh, the, the, Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You fix your eyes on him right through those dark times. And he'll comfort you. God has an answer too for your hurt. And it's found here in this verse, Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. The thing is, for us, we're not to seek revenge. Don't even try and get even. Don't try to retaliate when other people 
do things against us to hurt us. Do you know what? The, the Bible calls us to trust God in our hurts. When other people hurt us, when other people uh, do things which really upset us, uh, we're, we're to not try and get even, not try and take revenge. Let God settle the score. Let God be the one that evens the odds. And do you know he will? He will bring justice. But you don't need to fight for it. You don't need to be the one who, who actually brings about the revenge and gets justice yourself. So if the Lord is your shepherd, trust that he will bring about the answer to your hurts. In the midst of your hurts, you don't need to be the one that's fighting, defending, trying to take on your enemies. The truth is that sheep had so many natural en enemies. You know, wolves, wild dogs, bears, snakes, even uh, ticks that would get into their fur. And you know what? Sheep are just wussy. There's no other <laughs> word to say. You know, their sheep, aren't, uh, their teeth aren't sharp uh, to bite. You know, they don't have any claws. They've got little hoofs. They're afraid of, of, of things. You know, sheep can't defend themselves. And uh, it, for us, in this world, there are so many hurts. There are so many things that can frustrate us and hurt us. And, and a sheep that had a good shepherd was safe from the enemy because the enemy was protecting them. And God will take care of you. You don't have to worry about defending yourself. You don't have to worry about getting justice on this earth because you won't get it. You'll be exhausted trying to get it. Trust in the Lord who is your shepherd and let him be the one that cares for you. Come under his protection and his care. Finally, in this psalm, it says that God has an answer for fearing the future. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. For the sheep that have a good shepherd, that follow him even through uh, rest and through the dark valleys and uh, those that look to him to care for them and protect them. The promise here that goodness and mercy will follow them all the days of their life. And the promise is that one day we who are his sheep uh, will live in the house of the Lord forever. We will pass through the doorway to death. We will go into his eternal presence forever in the house of the Lord. Right now we've just got to stick with the shepherd. We've got to come under him as our Lord and as our saviour. The one who is leading us and guiding us. And we've got to keep close to him through everything that comes our way. Even the dark valleys. And even when we're tempted to get revenge ourselves. And the promise is that if we do this, God's goodness, his mercy will pursue us all the days of our life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love him. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place. It's going to be a great time where we'll just spend eternity with God and it'll be wonderful. It's a great promise for sheep. So I wonder how you're feeling this morning. Feeling sense of uncertainty 
You're feeling a sense of worry. Sometimes you're just feeling overwhelmed with busyness. Perhaps you're uncertain about the future. The invitation this morning is to make the Lord your shepherd. There's only one way you can do that. is to trust in the one who is the I am, who was and is and always will be. He came to earth and he died on the cross and those who put their trust in him. I can have him as their Lord and Saviour and be forgiven and live for all eternity with him. Have you done that this morning? If you have, rejoice. Stay close to the shepherd. If you haven't, today's the best day to do that. You might like to um, come and pray with people afterwards. You might like to just call during the week and pop in at the office and talk to me about that. You might want to talk to somebody else who's brought you, but make the Lord your shepherd. He's already done all that needs to be done for you to come to know him. He's the good shepherd and living with him will lead you in goodness and mercy for the rest of your life. Let's pray together. God, what precious words these psalms are. What a great God you are. Thank you for the promises that are contained in this psalm. Thank you, God, that we as your sheep have nothing to worry about because you're our Lord and you're our shepherd. God, thank you that you've got an answer for our busyness this morning, that we can find rest and trust in you. God, thank you that you want to restore our souls and heal us from damaged emotions. God, thank you that you have answers for our uncertainty. You want to guide us in paths of righteousness. Oh, God, we thank you that you're right there with us through the dark valleys, even death. You've been there. You understand. And you're leading us. And God, we thank you that you have an answer for our hurt. And Lord, we want to thank you that we don't need to fear the future, that we can look forward to it, that we will dwell with you in your house forever. Thank you, Good Shepherd. Amen.